So good evening. Welcome to the second of our belong evenings, looking at what it means to be a diverse church. And what I'm loving about these evenings so far is the personal stories that we've been hearing. Because we're not just looking at statistics about diversity, we're listening to people's stories. This isn't about ticking boxes, this is about real people and I'm absolutely loving hearing that. Now just want to look at today what the Bible says about age and generations and also share a little bit of my experience of being a young leader over the years. Before I start though, one thing that's clear to us as Christians is that we take the Bible seriously. We take the Bible as our authority. The Bible comes ahead of things like culture and social norm. Which is good because if you look in society, there's a real split opinion on age, isn't there? Old people can be treasured, but only some of them. Some of them are just grumpy. Young people could be nurtured and protected, but only some of them because others are all hooligans and hoodlums. What about those in the middle? Well, we don't even think about them, they just have to get on with it. <laughs> if you look in the business world, it's the same. Again, we have different experience of ages. We have the young up-and-coming superstars on their way to the top on a fast track to management. You've also got the older people who are simply too old to be taking a risk on now. You know, they've missed the boat and uh, they have to move to one side while the younger generation takes over. We also have the older guys who've reached the peak of their powers, they've reached their position of power and they want to stay there as long as possible. This whole issue of age is just a complete mess in the world, isn't it? What about the Bible though? Well, the Bible is actually pretty clear when it comes to age. We have examples of some very, very old people being released and used by God and we have some examples of some very, very young people being used by God and we've got advice and teaching on both. I think the key thing though, the key thing to say straight away is that God wants to use all of us, irrelevant of our age. This is a quote from Rick Warren, check this out, it says, as long as your heart is beating, God has a plan and purpose for your life. To grow personally, to get to know God, to serve others, and to make the world a better place. And I love that, I think it's such a helpful way of looking at it. If you're older, God hasn't finished with you yet, God's still got a plan for you, and if you're younger, well, God doesn't overlook you. God wants to use us all. He's got plans and purposes for us all. But older people, let's look at you first, let's encourage you first. Well, if you look in the Old Testament, you find the book of Joshua. Uh, and Joshua led the Jewish people into the Promised Land, a really famous guy. And what we see at the start of the book of Joshua is this leader taking his army to the Promised Land and defeating various kings and various tribes, you know, a real hero of the story. Then at the start of chapter 13 of Joshua, we see this amazing line that says, When Joshua was an old man, the Lord said to him, you are growing old and much land remains to be conquered. He then goes on to describe the different tribes that Joshua will defeat. And, and this is a real encouragement to us because God doesn't say, great job, Joshua, you've come so far. Now you've got to step aside and let the youngsters in. No, he says, keep going. I've got more planned for you. There's no retirement just yet. You've got to keep going. And you know, I love that. So often in church we see that same attitude. 
older people just keep going, striving to do more for God when they, when they get older. In fact, one of the very things I hear so often, and I've heard it from a lot of people even in this church, is that they get excited about retiring from work because they're desperate to see what God is going to do next with them. And I think that's a great attitude to have, to see your older years as an opportunity to continue to be used more by God. And that's what God is saying to Joshua in that passage. Let me give you another example from the New Testament this time. Uh, in Luke's Gospel, chapter 2, we see the story of Mary and Joseph taking the baby Jesus to the temple. And when they get there, they're greeted by a, a couple called Simeon and Anna, who prophesy and celebrate this new Messiah. And what's special about these two? Well, they're very, very old. See, Anna, in the story, she was a widow. Her husband had died and she ended up living as a widow. But instead of giving up at that point and slowing down, she dedicated her whole life to serving in the temple as a prophet. That's how she spent her time, even right into her old age, into her 80s. She committed her life to serving God. And how was she rewarded? She got a glimpse of the newborn king. Years of faithful service right into her old age was rewarded by God. Also, we have Simeon, another older person who served in the temple. He was again very old, but he waited in expectation for years and years and years to see the Messiah because he was confident on what God had promised him. Because of that, he continued to serve faithfully right into his older age because he wanted to see God's promise come to fruition. What a great biblical example that is. I wonder whether any of you guys on this call can relate to that. Are there things that God's promised that you haven't yet seen? Are there things that you expect God to do that he's not yet done? That you stay faithful, stay faithful to God. Take example from Simeon. So we have an Old Testament example of someone being used by God in their old age. And we've got a New Testament example of someone being um, used by God and continuing to pursue God in their older age. What about other parts of the Bible? Well, look in the wisdom books here. We've got a beautiful verse in Psalm, Psalm 94, 12, which says godly people will produce fruit in old age. That is God's promise. If you stick with him, if you're faithful to him, if you live a life that glorifies him, you will produce fruit in your old age. I mean, what a blessing. So looking at those, hopefully we can be pretty confident that God's interested in older people, right? We'll look particularly at what that means in a second. But let's move our attention over to younger people for a second. What is the Bible's message about them? Well, again, looking in the Old Testament this time, 2 Kings 22, um, we have this amazing guy. I absolutely love this. This is King Josiah, who was eight years old when he became king. Eight years old. <laughs> this is what it says about him. Check this out. It says, he remained king for 31 years and did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight. Here we have an example of a godly leader who was clearly what we would call very, very young for all of his time on the throne. He became king at eight years old, which, as I've said, I absolutely love. But he served faithfully and led his kingdom throughout his teens, his 20s and his 30s. What an example. 
And it says specifically that he did not turn away from doing what was right. And you know, often we allow young people to make mistakes and we kind of assume that they will, don't we? We assume that they're going to mess up at some point, but not this king. This is a remarkable young man who didn't ever turn away from God. God was able to use him and in fact chose to use him from a young age. Going into the New Testament, we have the wonderful Timothy, the ultimate role model for young leaders. This young guy who Paul took under his wing and trained to serve as part of his apostolic team. I mean, what a great example. One of the go-to youth leader passages of the Bible, 1 Timothy 4.12. This is Paul writing to Timothy. He says, let no one look down on you because you're young. Instead, be an example. Be an example to the believers. There's an expectation here that this young guy will be an example. Paul is setting a precedent here in his teaching in the um, early church that the younger people in church aren't just part of the crowd, but instead are there to lead and inspire other people. So we have Old Testament and we have New Testament. Let's look at Jesus. What does Jesus say? Well, we have an example in the Gospel of John, the famous story of Jesus feeding 5,000 men. And a young boy comes to Jesus with an offering. And the disciples kind of laugh in his face a little bit and try and turn him away as if to say, you know, what good is this going to do? You know, get away, you kids. Leave it to the adults. We'll sort this out. But Jesus chooses to use the offering of the young boy. And this is significant because Jesus was demonstrating something here. He was saying that this wasn't um, just about feeding a whole load of people. No, no, he was showing that young people have something to offer in his kingdom. Young people have gifts that he wants to use. It's almost as if he's warning us not to cast young people aside. So as you can see, God's picture, um, God's word paints a pretty clear picture. There's no hiding in the church. God wants to use people of all ages. Do we get it right? Do we release people of all ages? Not all of the time, actually. I just want to take a couple of minutes to share my experience um, before I end up some practical advice for us on what this looks like for us as a church. See, for me, as you will all know, I came into church leadership um, very, very young. Um, in some different contexts before coming to Jubilee and then more significantly here in Teesside, which, by the way, is a huge credit to you guys as a church, the fact that you would accept this young guy. I think in Jubilee there was a real passion and release. I was given opportunities to preach and to lead things and I was extended a lot of grace um, from you guys when I probably messed up and preached some rubbish sermons for the first few years. All in all though, I got a sense that people were for me. I never felt like the church saw my age as a barrier. I would look around on Sunday mornings when I was preaching and I would see people who had been serving God faithfully longer than I'd been alive taking notes and nodding. Um, and I just found it so encouraging. It was remarkably confidence giving to know that you guys were releasing of me as a young leader. But you know, sadly, that wasn't always the case in a wider church setting. And I'm not doing the whole dramatic look for sympathy thing here. I just want to paint a real practical picture of what it's like sometimes for young people. See, my experience in the early days, probably before coming to Jubilee, was actually quite negative. 
you know, I remember someone interrupting one of my sermons when I was 17 in this old Methodist church and shouting out, Gavin, no one can understand a word you're saying. Stop speaking so fast. I mean, what a thing to do for a young guy preaching one of his first ever sermons. Do you know, I remember once preaching my heart out at King's, um, giving what I, I felt like God had put on my heart and just preaching to the best of my ability. And this old lady came over to me afterwards with a piece of paper with over 100 ticks on it. And she handed it to me and she said, Gav, do you know what this is? This is the amount of times you said, um, or okay, during your talk. I remember another time, someone walking out when I realised I was going to be preaching. I mean, it was just blooming hard. I remember the worst example, the worst experience I had really was um, being at an event for our family of churches, Christ Central, just a couple of weeks after becoming an elder at Jubilee. And this prominent leader from our family of churches came over and started chatting to us. I'd never met him before. And I was introduced as, oh, this is Gav, the new elder at Jubilee Church. And you know, I will never forget the condescending, awful response that I was given. He kind of looked me up and down and, and said, this is your elder? this guy as if like because I was under 30 I wasn't allowed to be in a position of leadership and it was just awful he kind of looked me up and down in that moment the huge high that I'd felt from being accepted by you guys the huge excitement about years of serving God in the future the huge encouragement that I had was just gone like that I felt two inches tall and my confidence was just stripped and if I'm honest it did some lasting damage and I'm still dealing with the benefits of that now in terms of my confidence being around other leaders. And do you know what these experiences taught me is just how amazing you guys are as a church. Because in this instance, we got it right. We are releasing to young people completely. I couldn't be any more thankful for you guys as a church. And I really mean that. You're always advocating for young people. You're always up for our young guys serving. But the wider church... Christians in general, we've got a long, 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 long way to go. And I wonder how many young leaders we lose because of moments like those that I've experienced in the past. I wonder how many people just give up and don't bother because they're put off. And I'm only speaking from my own personal experience, by the way. There's probably countless examples of older people experiencing the same. We heard a little bit about that earlier tonight from Sue. But what does this mean? Well, let's move on. If we all agree biblically that God wants us to be released, no matter what our age, what does this mean for us as a church? Well, as I've already alluded to, we do pretty well in this area already. You know, it's one of our values, isn't it? We welcome. And what I see on Sundays, or what I used to see when we were allowed to meet, is that older guys and younger guys speak to each other on Sunday mornings. I see students being invited around people's houses for dinner. I see people who lead teams inviting younger people to be involved in serving. I think we do pretty well already in terms of mixing generations. And can I just encourage you never to lose that? It's important from both sides that we continue to have this mix in generations, that mutual learning from each other. Do you know, I always tell this story, but a few years ago during the worship time, um, I remember a few guys dancing around at the sides as the worship was playing. And I remember seeing Mr. Winston and um, Paul chasing after uh, Jeshua, uh, Saha. And uh, Jeshua would have been about eight or nine at the time. I remember him just absolutely laughed head off as Paul was chasing them around. And I just thought to myself, when would you ever see this apart from in the church? Multi-generational relationship is something we can never lose sight of. It's so important. 
See, the book of Hebrews in the Bible describes our Christian life as being like a race. As we all run a race and we're surrounded by witnesses. We don't run this race alone. And I really believe this, that wherever you are on your race, whether you're coming towards the end or whether you're just starting out, wherever you are, you have a responsibility and you have the honour of cheering others on and encouraging them in their race. All of us do, young and old. All of us in Jubilee need to spur each other on. If you're older, maybe you need to spur the younger guys on and give them advice and wisdom. If you're younger, maybe you need to encourage the older people and give them examples of how you do learn from them. When I think about my own walk with God over the years, I think about people from all ages who've influenced me. From the older ladies in the Methodist church during my gap year who would politely listen to these awful Bible studies I would do on a Tuesday morning. Um, to the parent figures who would point me in the right direction when I swerved off course. To my peers, the guys my own age who I learned so much from. Can I encourage you all never to lose sight of that race that we're all running. Be intentional about spurring others on. As well as spiritual run, we need to look for more opportunities to release people, don't we? It's the church's job to help people to be included and to find a sense of purpose. And within that, we need to value gifting. And we need to see age as a gift as well, either young or old. If you're involved with an area of church, whether it's leading a community group or an area that you're serving, are there others that you could release, either young or old? Are there people that you could train up? Are there people that you can teach? Do you know one of my favourite examples of this in Jubilee has been John and, and Sue Keeney. For five years now, John and Sue have served faithfully on our Sunday morning youth team. Literally once a month, they teach on our Sunday morning uh, youth programme uh, to do some Bible teaching. And I know they love it because they tell me they love it. And I know the youth love it because they tell me they love it. And you know, all this started like five years ago with the simple asking them to do it. I remember looking around um, our youth team and thinking, do you know what? Everyone who leads youth is young. These guys have got a lot of peers here. They don't need that. They need parents. They need people that they can be encouraged and inspired by. And I remember asking John and Sue, and these guys were just like, well up for it, like, yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll do it. And they continue to do it to this day. And that's the attitude of releasing and serving and laying yourself down for the other generations that we need to get across. I hope you've been encouraged here about the importance of being a multi-generational church. But let me just conclude that by saying that if I'm totally honest, age shouldn't be the marker when talking about people in the church. When looking at leaders or those who serve or those who lead from the front, we can have a tendency to look at age, not too old, not too young, just right. But instead, instead of age, can I encourage us to focus on a passion for Jesus? That needs to come first. We need to focus on how passionate we are about Jesus when we think about ourselves we shouldn't look at our age and then think what we kind of can't get involved in rather we should focus on how our walk with God is how passionate about him are we how on fire for him are we irrelevant of our age it's about how we are with Jesus go back to our example from earlier Anna and Simeon what kept them going into later life a passion for God and his promises a desire to see him a desire to see him come through on what he said 
Look at King Josiah, the young king. What kept him going? What kept him from turning back on God? It was his passion. It was his passion for God. I want to encourage you as I end tonight to keep pressing into God. Keep looking to him above all else. Let that be your marker and not your age. Thank you so much for listening.